Angie, WGSO. The annual Spring Music Festival is coming for a great hopping weekend with Swamp Pop Country Rock Music, Food and Crafts, Music by Aaron Foray, Sons of a Beach, The Rough and Ready Band, Shorts in December, and more. Friday, Saturday, March 15th and 16th. Tickets for adult campers, guests, and the public, $20. At Hidden Oaks Family Campground, Highway 190 East Hammond. For more details, hiddenoaksfamilycampground.com. Everyone, it is time for another installment of the Food Show, the Tuesday edition. As we close out February again, hard to believe. I'm Marianne Fitzmaurice, sitting out on my deck on a beautiful day, and I would love to chat with you if you would like to call and talk about whatever it is that you'd like to talk about. Hopefully, it has something to do with food. Five zero four five five six nine six nine six is the number. Patty, it is good to have you back. You are back, correct? I am. I'm back. Yep. Are you feeling better? Yeah, a little bit. Good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, just that thing everybody is getting. Not yes. COVID and it's not the flu. It's the other thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a lot of stuff. I've gotten to be, <laughs> I've developed another paranoia, but anyway, uh, well-deserved because I feel like I'm still sounding weird after two months now. So Anyway, we missed you. I had so much to talk to you about, and uh, I will mention some of those things. Did you um, today. did you go get the raccoon? That's what I want to know. Okay, so no, <laughs> but we did go to the thing. We went to the thing, and it was very brief, not enough to even mention, really. Uh, but just to give you an idea of what you know, I, I was telling Mary Lee that. I feel like the backstory to our food, to our dining, is more interesting than the dining because it's just like a long process of how we arrive where we arrive. And uh, we decided that I didn't, I didn't want to go to the boucherie. I would have gone to the boucherie, but I we had done the boucherie and it was in Baton Rouge, and I just uh, didn't feel up to dragging Tom, especially since it, it starts kind of early. So, as a matter of fact, it turned out that we didn't really leave until the boucherie would have almost been over. So, I determined that since we had not been to that cook-off for the coast, and I'd never been to Violet, that I was aware of anyway, uh, and it was a beautiful weekend. I mean, it was such a fantastic weekend. We were going to go to Weidman's in Meridian, except my daughter wasn't able to do it and she was going to go with us so we'll have to put that off for another weekend probably once daylight savings time arrives which is imminent already can't believe it but anyway um we went down to violet i guess we got there we got there about 1:30 ish and so most of it was over by that time have you ever been to that place that farm patty no, I have not. I do know where Violet is, but I've, I've okay, never well, been not, to that farm. Yeah, it's not that easy to find. You do need a GPS. But I love it down there. I just love it down there. And uh, we went, 
we passed. That's why I had to ask you where Dockville Farm was because I knew I just put Violet into my GPS, and I passed it up. And when you told me it was Dockville Farm, I had to go back and. It's interesting. In order to get to Dockville Farm, it's really interesting. You go through a section that is, I guess, where the fishermen and all that, you know, kind of, that, that's a big fisherman place, right, Violet? Yes, yes, it yeah. is. Yeah, okay. And I, I don't, I didn't go far enough down, and I kind of wish we had, and I, I might on some other day of adventure seeking do that, but uh, we turned around and we went to Dockville Farm in time to see them about to announce the winners. So I don't know if Raccoon won. Tom did not want to get out of the car, which was fine, and did not want to stay, which was uh, a, a definitely an impediment to me really seeing anything. But I did kind of walk around really quickly just to kind of get an idea of what it was like. It's a charming little event. It is a very local, community-based kind of thing. Uh, I was a little disturbed by the booths full of pelts. But um, other than that, I think it would have been a really interesting thing to do. So remember that for next year. But I really kind of feel like it's a a local thing. I got the impression it was definitely a lot of people who knew each other. And it was charming. It, that's the word for it. It was charming. So our intention was to head back into town and go to N7, but we didn't make it to N7. We wound up at Val's Mexican on Ferret, and I told all those stories yesterday. Okay. So on Sunday, it was still beautiful. I did not get to this story, although I would like to have done this story while you were gone because I don't think you're going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to kind of sneak it in there. We just had so much going on yesterday on the show. We had the guy from um, the Clarion Herald, Peter Finney Jr., to talk about this madness that is the Catholic school, um, the, the, the whole uh, fish fry thing. And uh, we learned a lot about it, and it was uh, a fun interview. And so I didn't get to finish saying all the places that we went over the weekend. So on Sunday... I didn't want to eat inside anywhere. It had to be outside. And then I start really thinking, where can we go? Where can we go? And I just, I don't come up with all that much of a place that I actually want to go or need to go. Like we could have gone to Brennan's, but I don't need to do that. We could have gone to, uh, let's see, other places, Blue Crab, but I didn't need to do that. I needed to do something different, and I was trying to think of places we could go. I'm glad I came up with Val's the day before. That was fun. And so yesterday, I, for some reason, thought about Grigri and stupidly thought we would go sit upstairs because that's not a neighborhood where I would particularly like to be on the street. As it turned out, it was fine, but um, that wouldn't be my thought that I wanted to do that. But as soon as I saw the stairs, I, I was reminded of how many stairs there were and that that was not a tenable situation for Tom. So we sat at one of the tables downstairs and had brunch. And I didn't remember that it was only brunch because I, I, I don't want to be relegated to just brunch. I mean, I looked at the menu and... I think I was looking at the lunch menu, and that was a lot more appealing than the brunch menu. So we 
I, I saw on the menu that we were talking. What was the name of the shrimp? The zing zing? Is that what they call it? Uh, flambeau. Flambeau shrimp. Oh, it's their zing zing sauce. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the flambeau shrimp I ordered because we were just talking about it. And the gumbo I ordered because there wasn't anything else that I really wanted in the four or five choices that were appetizers for brunch. I would have done the oyster BLT, except that um, I, I just didn't really want the tomato jam. And so we, and, and I wanted to try the shrimp. So I got the gumbo and Tom had the shrimp. And I, I, did, I have to say, I didn't, I didn't care for the shrimp. I feel like those shrimp, the shrimp in the uh, Drago's, what do they call them? Bam Bam? Uh, no, Drago's is fleur-de-lis shrimp. Fleur-de-lis. And what's the other one? Bang Bang, right? Bang Bang at Bonefish. Okay. Yeah. okay, so the Bonefish version is really terrific. And I think the Drago's version is also at, at least as good as that. I don't remember the Bonefish as well, but I do love the one at Drago's. Those are smaller shrimp. You get a pile of smaller shrimp. And as I've said many times before, I would prefer a smaller shrimp almost across the board. I can't think of a single application where I want a shrimp that is more than one bite. So the shrimp were too big. I think there were six of them. And I just was completely underwhelmed by that dish. And the, the gumbo was fine. I mean, you know, it was gumbo. It was not exceptional in any way. It was a lot of shreds of, uh, of turkey or chicken and it was fine you know nothing extraordinary in any way and then for the entrees we ordered the burger which I thought was quite good and Tom had the catfish poor boy which was beautiful actually and I didn't eat it but he said it was really good I thought and I know this sounds really absurd but I noticed every little detail one that was also absurd, but the thing to me that was most interesting about the meal, <laughs> and I realize this is stupid, but it was actually really interesting to me. They're pickles. Do you know the pickles, Patty? Did you notice the pickles? No, I don't like homemade pickles. So They're I, not I... homemade. That's what I loved about mm. them. They were not homemade, but they were unusual in that they took a whole pickle and put it on a mandolin lengthwise, and it was a ruffled, elongated slice of pickle. Oh, was it good? Yeah, it was really good. I mean, I love pickles, mm -hmm. and I thought those were super cool. And they were not the easiest way to eat pickles on a sandwich, for sure, but it was fun. And I really uh, thought that was different, and that made an impression on me. Another impression that was made was that the tea was cloudy, which is something I never see in a restaurant anymore. I never, ever see a cloudy tea, and I can't imagine any reason to be serving a cloudy tea other than you don't care about it. Now, to be fair, I am sure that 99% of the people that go to Gris Gris are drinking cocktails, and maybe if 1% are 
uh, are drinking tea that would surprise me. But that's what we drink. And so I see a lot of tea and I noticed it. And I thought that was extremely odd and really inexcusable. You don't serve cloudy tea anymore. It used to be something that you would see a lot more, but I simply never see it now. That was the first time I was shocked by it. And so it was a perfectly ordinary meal, which was surprising because the last time I went there, I really loved it. But, um, but it was a little surprising, um, this visit. And we uh, pretty much left. And I'm trying to think of what other stops we made. Because one of the things that we're doing now is we're just kind of, oh, I blew through the break, didn't I, Patty? <laughs> I'm sorry. That's okay. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, we'll take a break. Be back after this. Keith Young Steakhouse on the North Shore in Madisonville is everything anyone thinks of when a steakhouse comes to mind. The environment is elegant and handsome. The service staff is knowledgeable, attentive, and friendly. And most important, the steaks are superb. The steakhouse sides are also great. Keith Young Steakhouse, 165 Highway 21, Madisonville. 985-845-9940. When you're awake, the things you think come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings, and lots of things are seldom what they seem. Okie dokie, we are back, but I want to tell you first about Angelo Bricado, which is a superbly delicious and utterly unique place that we are lucky enough to call our own. Angelo Bricado came here in 1905 with a just, I don't know how, what the population of immigrants was, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was approaching 30% of the population that was already here. That's just a guess and probably not a very good one. But a whole lot of people came at the turn of the century, the 20th century, here to New Orleans and reshaped the culinary trajectory of this city in a most delicious way. He brought with him from the pasticcerias of Italy, he brought two recipes. One was uh, the torrencino, which was vanilla ice cream with cinnamon and sl uh, sliced almonds or pieces of almonds. And the other was uh, granita or lemon ice, which you could sure use today because it's really warm outside. Those two recipes were the basis for what is now Angelo Bricado's wonderful emporium of delectable Italian treats. Not only are those two things still there, they have the cannoli, which is made fresh every Wednesday on the cannoli line. It is, in Tom's words, the very best cannoli out there. It's a crispy shell filled with soft ricotta, uh, and it's dipped in crushed pistachios on each end and it just doesn't get any better than that if you are into cannoli. They also have gelato with the real Italian flavorings which make it officially gelato. There are other things in the case as well. You will find tiramisu, Italian cheesecake. They have the baba rum cake which is kind of a unique New Orleans elusive dessert. They have uh, turnovers and strudel. In another case, you will see slices of baked Alaska and real Italian nougat, which I urge everyone to try. It's yummy. They also have those little thick cookies that we'll be seeing before long on the St. Joseph's altar, the little ones with the seeds and the little, um, I guess, 
nonpareils. I don't know. Little, little sprinkles. That's the word I'm linking, thinking, making it made much too hard. Angelo Bracado is beyond delicious, really, really interesting. It's like transporting yourself into another world of old Italy. It's an experience in addition to being a delicious treat. Go sit at one of the little cafe tables, watch them make espresso from the big espresso cappuccino maker that you see all over Italy, and just immerse yourself in a truly unique, I, I just can't think of another place like it in America. Angelo Bracados is located at 214 North Carrollton. It's a block off Canal. If you have not been, for heaven's sake, go experience it. 556-9696 is the number. So that was brunch on Sunday, and then we came back, and I don't think we did anything else. Uh, we have taken to drive-by food experiences. On the way home from Copeland's just now, we stopped at Trey's Boudin. Trey Hurdy is going to be our guest. That's H-E-R-T-Y, Patty. He is going to be our guest at 3 o'clock. He has a place in Covington called Trey's Boudin, and I am obsessed with his hogshead cheese. So I swung in and got some more hogshead cheese, and... Uh, I've had there, he does undoey. He does a lot of uh, smoked Cajun meats. And I need to ask him if he's going to start doing cracklins or if he is doing cracklins because I really want, I've been craving cracklins. We also stopped and got some crawfish from Mandeville Seafood, which is something I've been trying to do for a week. And I finally was able to get some of the last of it. They're working on another batch right now. But I thought they were quite good. They were um, smallish and large. They were sort of like that, you know, you have a mixed bag of sizes. But I thought, I mean, you know, Will is a fantastic uh, crawfish boiler. And so uh, they were delicious, as always. But um, that's the first crawfish I have had this season. Have you had any yet, Patty? Nope, not yet. Okay. Well, it's... Uh, it's it's coming down, let's say that. It's it's definitely getting better. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. We went to Copeland's today for the last day of their Copeland's catch, which is a three course menu that they've been offering I think all month, but I didn't get the memo on it until I don't know, a week ago. And it is interesting. It's a three course. There's a dessert and an appetizer. And then you get like five or six different choices of an entree. That was the last day for it? Was Sunday? Today. Today, today was the day. Last day. Mm -hmm. But it's not something that I am recommending because the choices are limited. And the price on this Copeland's catch menu is not the same price as the regular menu. So even though it looks like they are giving you a deal by, you know, um, having it be something on the menu and then you get these two extra courses, you are paying for the two extra courses. So we were looking and comparing the menus and I think that I think that the Black and red fish. I want to be sure before I say this. 
I think that the black and red fish on the menu at Copeland's, uh, which I guess comes with a side and the hush puppies and all that, I believe that that is um, $27.99 and the Copeland's catch price of that entree is $37.99. So I don't really feel like that's a big, um, you know, anything really generous and, oh, we're going to give you something if you're jacking up the price on the regular thing that is the entree. But I want to make sure before I firmly say that, because I don't want to be giving out any I just know that we were looking at it and saying, wait a second, what? And that I was really kind of surprised by that. Let's see. Yes, the redfish, the, the, the redfish at, uh, on the menu is $27.99. On the special menu, it is, um, it is $37.99. And the black and red fish is $26.99, and I think it's $37 on that special menu. So you do get a dessert. But and now I know that desserts have gone up to, in some cases, $12. But, um, you know, it's a soup, a cup of soup or a Caesar salad. So it doesn't seem like a very good deal. I mean, it's, it's a great idea if you're doing a, a special menu and for you to feel like you're getting a deal, but you have to feel like you're getting a deal. <laughs> you have to, you have to pay attention to these kinds of things, but we did notice that. So, uh, we did have lunch though at Copeland's and we like Copeland's, uh, especially with the new digs. It's really beautiful. We sat outside and it was a lovely lunch. Our daughter always gets the, uh, she gets the, what is it? The penthouse salad? The penthouse salad. Get, right? That is yeah, so good. Yes, yes. Yes, I love you know, it. I think they do, yeah, they do the, the uh, fried chicken in a different way than most other places do it. And I think it's, it's, it's fun to dine around and see how different people do different things. Like, Mary Lee noted that the fried catfish that they have at Copeland's is a considerably different looking plate than the one at um, chimes. And it is. I mean, at chimes, you get a couple of slabs of catfish. And at Copeland's, you get little strips. And they're both good. They're both delicious. Tom loves both of them. But uh, it's funny the way it's arrayed. I think the plate at Copeland's is a much more interesting and beautiful plate. And uh, the one at Chimes is just a consistent in every way. They both are. So Tom had the fried catfish plate, and he had uh, a bunch of little nuggets of catfish with two hush puppies and a pile of nice fries. And um, Mary Lee had the penthouse salad. She had the small version. I like those toasts. Whatever those toasts are, they're not traditional... Leidenheimer French bread. They're some other kind of French bread and they are cut on the diagonal and in one case toasted with butter that comes on the seafood platter. Not the seafood platter, but the catfish plate that Tom had. I'm sure they also come on the seafood platter. 
And then she had the cheesy bread. It becomes a cheesy bread with that penthouse salad. And she's crazy about the penthouse salad. And it's it's good. It, it definitely is good. But the chicken is not strips of chicken or chunks of chicken, as you see in other restaurants. It is a slab of chicken breast, pounded out chicken breast. And it's panade in a way that isn't the same kind of frying that you would see someplace else. All are, all are good. I mean, you know, it's, like I said uh, in a recent newsletter post, you know, we have an embarrassment of riches here. I mean, the fried chicken salad, penthouse salad at Copeland's is fantastic. So is the one at New Orleans Food and Spirits. They're completely different, but they're all delicious. And it's, uh, she gets that fried, cat, uh, fried chicken thing every place she goes and uh, is never disappointed. Usually never disappointed. Wait, that's not true. She is disappointed at Boulevard, where it is, for some inexplicable reason, uh, yeah, I am, I'm watching, uh, for some inexplicable reason, it is, uh, what's the, the fish and chips way of doing it, the Asian way of frying things? Oh my gosh, I, I'm I'll tempura? have to think about it over the tempura. tempura. Thank you. It's tempura and it separates and you have a pile of tempura and then you have the chicken and it's bizarre is the word for it. All right. We are barreling fast toward the news from Louisiana Radio Network. It is 2.30. Stay with us for more of the food show after this. Louisiana Radio Network. Network. I'm Colleen Crane. A manhunt continues for a murder suspect who escaped custody by pepper spraying a Jefferson Parish Sheriff's deputy. Sheriff Joe Lepento says a deputy was driving 51-year-old Leon Ruffin from the hospital back to jail when he complained from the back seat about a boot on one of his feet. Lepento says the deputy stopped and attempted to help Ruffin. Unbeknownst to her, he had had some type of pepper spray uh, that was there. He had already removed the boot uh, from his leg, uh, ended up spraying her with the pepper spray as she opened up the door. Lepinto says after Ruffin sprayed the deputy with the pepper spray, he took off in the SUV. The vehicle has been recovered, but Ruffin remains on the run. According to the National Safety Council, Louisiana saw a 10% decline in the number of highway deaths in 2023. Louisiana Highway Safety Commission spokesperson Mark Lambert says fewer drunk driving wrecks has led to the decrease. Drinking and driving is a real problem, and that's where we're seeing a lot of the decreases of alcohol fatalities. LRN. This is Nancy Landry, your Secretary of State. The Louisiana presidential primary is March 23rd. As a reminder, only registered Democrats and Republicans may vote in their respective parties' primary. All qualified voters, regardless of party, may vote in local elections within their jurisdiction. Register to vote or update your registration in person or by mail by February 21st or online by March 2nd. Visit geauxvote.com for more information. Hey, Louisiana, how are you stopping litter? In Terrebonne Parish, we put our trash in a bag and never out the car window. In Bienville, we bag it, tie it, and put a lid on it. We keep litter out of our lakes in Lafayette. And in Calcasieu Parish, we keep our roads clean by clearing out our truck beds and securing our loads. We need every person in every parish to stop littering and keep Louisiana beautiful. For more litter prevention tips, visit LetLouisianaShine.org. Sponsored by the Louisiana Lieutenant Governor's Office and Keep Louisiana Beautiful. I'm Ed Horan author of The Kindness Revolution. Today we're diving into the concept of what's called lanyap. Lanyap, pronounced as lanyap, is a Creole term that means an extra or unexpected gift. It's a token of goodwill given by a store owner to a customer or a little something extra thrown in for good measure. 
In Southern culture, Lanyap is all about generosity and going the extra mile. It embodies the spirit of hospitality and community. So next time you're in the South, don't be surprised if you receive a little Lanyap with your purchase. It adds a special touch to everyday interactions. And why not take a second this week and ask ourselves how cool it would be to offer Lanyap to everyone, customers, friends, family, a little extra. From saying my pleasure after a purchase to giving a warm cookie when you check into a hotel, the power of Lanyap is all around us. The solar eclipse is coming in April, and you're going to be hearing a lot about it as it gets closer. You'll also be hearing about how important it'll be to have your solar eclipse glasses for your family and friends. Why not buy them from the store that promotes kindness? Simply go to shop-kindness.com and buy yours today. That's shop-kindness.com. By the way, our listeners get a 20% discount on all items, so head to shop-kindness.com and enjoy the eclipse safely with your family and friends. Remember, shop-kindness.com. When you're awake, the things you think come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings and lots of things are never what they seem. Alrighty, five five six nine six nine six is the number. If you want to talk to me, I am here. I would love to talk to you. In the meantime, I'm going to keep staring, mesmerized at a woodpecker that has been pecking incessantly, probably all day. My head hurts just watching that. Can you imagine doing that all day long, Patty? I mean, I know it's it's his instinct, but it's uh, wow. I'm glad I'm I'm doing this. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Anyway, I don't have wasp that I'm looking at because I'm not in that position. But I do have a really good view of the woodpecker who is very, very busy doing his thing. And I would love to be just listening to him because that happens every time we're out here. He's obviously or someone is very, very busy. Uh, We have quite a few woodpeckers in this area, I think. 5569696 is the number. Patty, you missed it yesterday. I had a fillet of fish sandwich. Oh, over you did the weekend from McDonald's? As, yes, as a comparison. And what did you think? I thought it was actually really good. I mean, I used to love the Bob fillet loves fish. their fillet of fish I sandwiches. Do. He I does. Do. And the last time uh I had one was a couple of years ago and it was probably Lent and I just was checking it out and it was on the North Shore. And it was terrible. And I thought, oh, man, I wasn't surprised, but I was, you know, saddened because I used to love it. But I decided that since we were down in Chalmette, that I would try one there because I felt like that same sense of wonderful community would probably prevail in a work ethic over there. And so I was right. It was quite good. I enjoyed it very much. We had fries. I haven't had McDonald's fries in a while. And I keep getting these things about McDonald's fries. And I think, yeah, sure. But it was good. It was a good meal. We got, I think it was like eight something. Tom got a gigantic Dr. Pepper, which made him happy. And I had some filet of fish and we shared the fries. And it was nice. We're we're, (laughs) Like I said, we're starting to kind of drive around doing this sort of thing. Last Yesterday, I tried to get Tom out, and we went out for lunch, but he didn't want to get out. And so we went to two or three places, and he just wasn't inclined to get out. So I thought, okay, well, it's a beautiful day. We're going to drive around. So on um, in the evening, 
we got out, got in the car again, and I had decided that it, it, we're just going to drive around. And so I ran a couple errands, and he was with me. And then I had to go to Whole Foods. I was trying to get a rotisserie chicken. Now that Mike has me hooked on the rotisserie chickens at uh, Whole Foods, I can never get them. <laughs> so I always arrive when they're out. And I don't know when the good times to get them are, but my schedule, and I don't have a schedule, but my life does not allow me to plan really much of anything. So I think I'm going to have to go back to Fresh Market, and at least those are predictable. There's enough of them. Although I really do hate generating those plastic containers. That was another thing I liked about the the ones at Whole Foods, even if I couldn't get the bag open half the time, it was a bag that I could throw away. But anyway, we went there and I and we wound up just getting two pieces of pizza and eating that on the way home. And that was that was dinner last night. So we live an exciting life here at the Cool Water Ranch now. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. If you are doing more interesting things, Patty, I was so proud of myself. I had so much to talk about yesterday that I just never did get to the end of it. And and so I hadn't gotten to Sunday yet, which is why uh, I just did the report on, on Grigri. But the other thing that I was glad that you missed, but you're not missing it because I'm going to say it now, is I got um, a new batch of Foods That Built America that I could binge oh, on. Oh, wow. So... <laughs> Actually, it's supposed to rain this weekend, so you might get them all in. Well, I did like five or six of them. It's uh, and I um, I have to look for there. Were, I think they only aired like five at a time, and I taped them all. And then um, I watched some of them last night, and I hope that I can get more of the the new episodes in. But I, I'm intrigued as to how they're going to be coming up with more and more and more. I mean, we do have a distinctive American food culture. There's no two ways about it. It's a distinctive American food culture. And um, there are lots of examples of it. But uh, the one that some of the ones that I watched over the weekend were um, the Starbucks versus Dunkin Donuts Frappuccino War. And how Starbucks came to be, and then um, Mrs. Fields. Let's see who else. Did? That oh, famous Amos. Yeah, it was really interesting, and it was it was. Uh, I don't know. I she was a housewife in Palo Alto in the seventies, and she used to bake these incredible cookies. And her husband, who was. Uh, very successful in, I guess, the financial world, would have these parties and should serve these cookies. And so this guy came up to her and said, are these your cookies? And, um, and she said, yeah. And he was talking about how good they were. And then she said, um, she, he asked her what she did. And I, I forget the word that she used, but it was a word that was not properly used. And he said, well, if you can't even get... Um, English right, you better stick to baking cookies. And that comment <laughs> launched a $200 million empire. I love it. Yeah. 
and he just walked away and was like, yeah, I think I will. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Anyway, so it was great. Uh, so we, that was it. Cookies. Also, uh, the SpaghettiOs, the origin of SpaghettiOs. And I forget. Oh, the beer. Beer. Bud Light. Bud Light and Miller Light. And it's just, I'm riveted by it, as you know. So that was my, uh, my binge watching for the last few days. So I have to go back and see what else I can tape. If it's going to be, it's a rainy weekend this weekend. Yeah, it's supposed to rain oh, Friday man. and then okay. often Saturday. This weekend is not going to be like last weekend. Ah, oh, bummer. I'll tell you what, the uh, Catholic fish fry thing is becoming an obsession for me. And, <laughs> and Peter Finney did not help alleviate my <laughs> obsession at all. In fact, he exacerbated it. And now uh, I have a few tips. Uh, you did not catch this, but apparently there are fish fries where you can pre-order. So I have to go to that link that Josh put up. I want to tell everybody that if you go to uh, WGSO and the podcast, I believe that Josh put up the link to the um, clarionherald.org website and um, who's got what and how you get it. So now that I know that I don't have to fit into the mold of standing in line for an hour, which is just impossible for us, uh, I can pre-order and still participate in the madness that is the Catholic school fish fry. I was so disappointed last weekend that we didn't get to do it. Oh, I didn't tell you that, Patty. So we didn't, we didn't do a fish fry because we went to St. Catherine. And it was an hour-long wait. And then we tried to get the Gabrielle fish plate. That was sold out. So we wound up at Basin Seafood to eat like a regular seafood meal. Not that that's a penance or anything, but it wasn't part of the what has become, like I said, this um, goofy little pursuit of mine on Friday evenings. So we're going to do it again Friday, and I have to I have to get better organized. Do you map out your map out your plan of attack? Yes, my plan of attack. Yes. We're going to be planning our attack on the Catholic school fish fries. 556-9696 five, five, six, six, six is the number. Today is National Chocolate Souffle Day. Oh. Yes. Chocolate souffle. I'm not a big souffle, souffle person, but I know that the souffles at Commander's Palace were all the rage back in the day. I think they're still doing them. I don't know that yeah, they, they ever are. did do a chocolate mm. souffle. Have you ever had a chocolate No, I don't think there? they've ever done a chocolate. But they're yeah. still doing, the. they call it the bread pudding souffle. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. the, the last time we ate at Commander's Palace was, I want to say, summer of 22. And... We did have one of those at the table. And I had a chocolate souffle at Chifuncta's when they first opened. We haven't been to Chifuncta's in forever for dinner. And uh, we are definitely overdue to do that. But I have to say, if we're able to go across the lake, I mean, that is what we're doing. I mean, if Tom is able to do it, there's so many places we need to get to over there that it is... Um, it is a blessing that we are able to do that. Tom says about National Chocolate Souffle Day. You will have to wait for that because it is time for a break. And we will be back with more of the food show after this.
Parish Coffee is a small batch, handcrafted blend of carefully selected Central and South American beans, skillfully roasted to produce a coffee that is aromatic when you open the bag, robust when it's brewed, and very smooth and mellow when you drink it. This is a coffee that will take you through the day, a gourmet roast without the gourmet price. Pick up a bag where you shop or go to parishcoffee.com and see the full line. Parish Coffee. Hashtag wake up to Parish. Mandeville Seafood has been a local favorite, serving their house-made roast beef poor boys, seafood poor boys, and even a French fry poor boy in a fast, casual environment. Here is an extensive menu of salads and sandwiches and fried seafood, baskets and platters, as well as sides like stuffed artichokes, meat pies, and jalapeno cheese bites, and we love the very attentive service here at Mandeville Seafood Restaurant and Market, celebrating 25 years. I won't dance, don't ask me. I won't dance, don't ask me. I won't dance, madame, with you. Get over to Mandeville Seafood and get your crawfish. I got some today. I will probably not finish eating it, but I will make a crawfish, creamy crawfish pasta out of it, which I'm craving for some reason. I guess because I'm so totally off the rails. It's kind of shocking how far off the rails I am. National Chocolate Souffle Day, Tom says. Chocolate souffles can be made hot or cold, but the really exciting ones are the former. Since serving hot souffles involves having a special oven and a special cook to make them, few restaurants offer them. Tom also says that today is Italian Beef Dobe Day. Ah, I do like dobe. That's a thorough blend of Creole and Italian cooking, uh, the most that you are likely to find. Dobe is a French method of cooking beef, usually tough cuts that render it tender to the point that it almost falls apart. In New Orleans Italian cooking, the beef is sliced after being pot roasted and then simmered some more in a Sicilian style tomato ragu. All that served with spaghetti. It was once widely served around New Orleans, but has become a rarity in restaurants. In homes, it's mostly the older generations that still cook it. Tom said he likes it because it gives a use for eye of round, a beautiful-looking cut of beef that needs all the tendering it can get. I did a roast of um, a round, yeah, I think it was, no, it was a chuck roast. And I, 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 I don't know how I managed to do it or how anyone manages to do it, but it was both overcooked and undercooked at the same time. And I, I was mystified and still am by that. You know what I was talking to Josh about yesterday, Patty? We did not talk about hmm. Toops Meadery, thank God, although he is still going oh, yeah, he loves there it. almost exclusively. He loves it. But uh, I was talking about the crab claws that I had at Basin Seafood being tough. Have you ever had tough crab claws? No, I don't think so. Where is Basin Seafood, first It's of all? right next door to... Um, well, I, I'm not sure if it's El Paso, but remember where Amici used to be that then became Warbucks, that then became Cho Thai? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right next door, right okay. across from the Walgreens on Magazine. Oh, okay. It's an Edgar Caro restaurant. And I am obsessed with Arica, uh, Edgar Caro. And I was a little 
I was surprised to be a little disappointed in it, but I never had crab claws that were tough. And he said, I had those too. And I thought, I thought it was like my imagination or something, but I've never had it. And believe me, I do eat more than my share of crab claws. I get them every place I go. Patty, do you know this ninja guy, the Cajun ninja? I've heard of him. I've I've never met him, but okay, yeah, so you I know, know who he, he is. exists. Okay. Yes. All right, he's on the show on Thursday. There is the home and garden show coming up. I don't know. I, I, I want to say the 6th. Let's see. So that would probably the following weekend after this one. And so um, he's going to be on to talk about, I don't know, being a Cajun ninja. Mike. Hello. Hello. <laughs> the... Uh... The show Sunday night that was titled Marinara, they were promoting that as a new program. Had you ever seen that one before? No, I haven't. So, no, I think it was new. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, uh, you referred to it as SpaghettiO program, but it was a lot more than that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see it. I didn't see. I saw just a little bit of it, and I had to turn it off after the SpaghettiOs got named. But um, yeah. I think it is a totally new series. Yes, I think it's a, they, uh, at least a new they, um, batch. What? I don't want to ruin it for you, but they had a couple of things that I thought were pretty interesting. One was that Olive Garden was a it was a prototype of, of a restaurant that General Mills was developing, hmm. and that somebody had the idea that they could have an Italian-American chain restaurant all over the country and that it would be a success. Well, you know, there was a lot of skepticism whether or not that was going to float or not. But anyway, the guy developed it, and he decided, they decided that the very first restaurant was going to be in Orlando. And when they opened at the very beginning, I guess it was opening night, there was a... Just a tremendous more amount of business than they anticipated, and the kitchen was really in the weeds. And the manager kept saying, "Just keep bringing them bread and salad. Just keep bringing them bread and salad." <laughs> and, and they and they said that that's how that whole thing began. That's you know that's what they're known for. But it was mm -hmm. it was strictly a matter of we need to give the kitchen more time to get the real food. Yeah. Out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was that was hilarious because that's now what that's I love what about that show. That's what yeah. I love about it. It's like you you see the origins of things that are you know what you expect of whatever it is. You see the origins of it, and I thought I think and that's most most appealing thing about it. Go ahead. What? Then another guy got another guy was moving up the corporate ranks with uh, the Campbells soup company, mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. and he, he, I didn't know this, but Franco-American was a subsidiary of, of Campbell's, so this guy gets a promotion, and he gets a promotion to, to head up Franco-American, which was really not a promotion at all, because it was a, a, right. a brand that wasn't doing a very dog, well. yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's he's the one that came up with the uh, with the SpaghettiOs, you know. And that Actually, was just his kid did. Too. His kid yeah. came up yeah. with the name for it, you know. But I think... Yeah, oh, the, yeah, you're I, right. I find it uh, interesting to get into that place in your head where Italian food 
was not ubiquitous across America. I mean, think about that. Like it is and and has been for so many years, and certainly here because we have the Sicilian-American thing. But, I mean, to think that there was a time when Americans did not eat Italian food constantly is kind of a weird place to think, you know? And it was it was a time not all that long ago, really. Yeah, right, right, yeah. 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 But I, I think uh, it says a lot. The American diet was pretty bland up into the seventies. Yeah, you know, people people were pretty predictable <laughs> in what they ate for the most part. They are absolutely, and and I think that food manufacturers who are doing their own thing in this country versus what everybody else is doing everywhere else. And, you know, we have the health statistics to prove it. I think it's like, you know, we'll just give them anything and they'll eat it. And that's pretty much what it's been. So anyway, I love the series. Go ahead. What? Yeah, it's, it's a fun series and it's, it's really weird because even the ones that you've seen, you can still watch it again because it's been a while since you've seen it. And, (laughs) It's almost like you're seeing it for the first time. Well, but I think I think what's intriguing about it beyond that, first of all, I like all the people that are interspersed in there, all the, quote, experts. Um, I really like Adam Rickman, who is the, I guess, narrator of it. Um, Right. But uh, it is. And and then and the. The voice, the voice is so dramatic that you are kind of riveted by that too. I mean, it's a very well done series. Very well done. Totally agree. Yeah. Anyway. Well, we got we got to Keith Young's for lunch last week on Thursday. We unusual for us. It was a six top, mm-hmm. and uh, the food was you know it was always as always delicious. We had a lot of different food on the table, and. Uh, we had apps, we had calamari and the oysters and the shrimp ramelade and all, just so much food that when I saw the amount of food the appetizers were, I said, nobody's going to be able to eat the entrees. <laughs> and that's pretty much what it turned out to be. Everybody brought a doggy bag home. But uh, they weren't as busy as they are on Fridays, but they still had a nice crowd there on a the Thursday. And uh, I just love the place. I really do. I, I'm, I've, You know, you've always said, well, you know, I'm more of a uh, a Gallagher's guy, but I'm telling you that transition is happening all the time. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I really, think it's extraordinary. I do, I do. I, I like uh, the I like the vibe of the place too. It just feels yeah. good being there. You know, it does. It really does. It does. I, I I continue to be mystified. I guess is the word because we eat out a lot, you know, and I continue yeah. to be mystified at the very small percentage, and it's not really maybe all that small. I guess if I really thought about it, it it might be as high as 20% of restaurants like that where you walk in, you know exactly what is going to happen. The food is going to be 100% as delicious as it was the last time you were there and the time before that. The service is predictably wonderful, and the experience is exactly what you want it to be. That, totally that's, agree. Yeah, totally and, agree. and I, I don't know that that, I mean, how common is that, do you think? Yeah, I think it's all too rare to be perfectly honest yeah, with you. Yeah, I do too. I, and I, and I yeah. say to myself, why is it that some people can do this? 
And others and most others, maybe they just can't. Like, I don't know why that is. And Yeah, I think it's just diligence. You know, you just, you got to stay on top of it. And if you don't stay on top of it, then quality starts to slip. I mean, it just... What's well, the quality across the board? You know, I mean, I, I feel like it's. Go ahead. I'm sorry. What? No, I was just gonna say it's a lot of hard work. That's what it boils down. No, it to. is. It is a lot of hard work, and I think it's definitely gotten incomparably harder post COVID. Yet oh. there are places that you can go. It's exactly like it was five years ago. You're gonna have a terrific experience across the board. Why is that so rare? I'm not a big catfish eater, but the last two times I've been there for lunch, I've gotten that combo of the thin fried uh, catfish with that yeah. seafood stuffed uh. bell pepper. That <laughs> seafood stuffed bell pepper is just unbelievably delicious. I mean, it is so good. It's a and terrific catfish, plate of food. Catfish always it comes is. out piping hot. You know, It's really good, yeah. good, good dish. I mean, okay, not only well, is it piping hot, it's golden brown, it's crispy, it's greaseless. They, I mean, these are it, like, they check it every, every box. They nail, they nail yeah. it every time. Check, yeah. check every box. Looking, for, anyway. looking forward to hearing the interview at 3 o'clock. All right, talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. We have a young man named Trey Hurdy on at 3 o'clock. He's got a little place tucked away in Covington. And it is, it's actually really tiny. Uh, spotlessly clean, and he is making really terrific Cajun things, pork products, <laughs> as it is called on the internet when you put in the words uh, hogshead cheese. His is outstanding, I think. It's really hot, though. I mean, I feel like I need to warn people like, Patty, don't eat. I know you don't eat a hogshead cheese, but <laughs> no. you wouldn't even. I would tell you, don't even think about this. This is so. It's like right up to my threshold. My threshold is not that high. No, it's not. But, no, it's not that high. But uh, it is. This is. This is right there. And Tom was tinkering around the kitchen. And I gave him a piece. And he almost cried. <laughs> It was like, make it stop. It make sounds it like stop. his threshold's like mine. <laughs> make it stop. So I had to give him crackers and water, and uh, and then I think he went to bed. I mean, he's traumatized <laughs> by it. Anyway, uh, and it was really cute, though. Trey is a big fan of Tom's, and his father was a really big fan. And so Trey came out with a book for Tom to sign, and I gotta say, Tom signed it in a way that was almost indistinguishable from five years ago. I was really surprised by that. I wish I'd taken a picture for Mary Lee, she would have been shocked. Anyway, it was a cute little meeting, a meet cute. And we will be doing the same thing with Trey himself out on the other side of the news. So stay with us. 556-9696 is the number. If you have a question for him, he may very well want to take it. And if not, you can hold that number and talk to me after. And uh, we are heading up to the news for Louisiana Radio, not Louisiana Radio Network, the USA Network. Now they're tricking me up by having two separate networks. WGSO New Orleans, it's time for the news, 3 o'clock. Stay with us for more of the food show after this. 
USA News, I'm Tim Berg. President Biden met with the top four congressional leaders on Tuesday at the White House to discuss the looming potential partial government shutdown and the possibility of a new foreign aid package. House Speaker Mike Johnson says the House is working to address that but continues to say that the southern border is a top priority. I believe the president can take executive authority right now today to change that. And I told him that again today in person, as I've said to him many times, publicly and privately over the last several weeks. It's time for action. It is a catastrophe, and it must stop. And we will get the government funded, and we'll keep working on that. The Louisiana Republican saying he's optimistic that a deal can be reached to avoid a government shutdown before the Friday deadline. There could soon be a ceasefire in Gaza. Speaking to reporters, President Biden says he hopes by next Monday there will be a ceasefire. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan also taking an optimistic tone, saying he's hopeful an agreement would take place in the next few days after representatives of Israel, the United States, Egypt, and Qatar met in Paris recently. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken is discussing the education of women and girls in Afghanistan under Taliban rule. He spoke at the Alliance for Afghan Women's Economic Resilience Summit at the State Department. Together, we're investing in skills, we're investing in training, we're investing in job opportunities, we're investing in women entrepreneurs. And that mission is simply more important than it's ever been. Macy's is planning to close 150 stores by 2026. The CEO making the announcement Tuesday saying Macy's is entering a bold new chapter. 50 stores will close by the end of this year as the company changes its focus to keep with customers changing shopping habits. This is USA News. Attention homeowners. It's not if something's going to break, it's when. That's homeownership. If your dryer, your refrigerator, or your AC and heating breaks, that's an expensive call. And who do you call? Make it easy on yourself and call Choice Home Warranty. We've already done the research and have access to 25,000 technicians that can be at your home quickly. We've covered close to 2 million homes in the United States. There's a good chance your neighbors work with us. Call us right now before the next breakdown. We'll tell you everything that's covered in your home and give you the first month free with our ironclad 30-day money-back guarantee. Call now and learn how to get your free month. 800-378-2250. 800-378-2250. That's 800-378-2250. Limitations and exclusions apply. First month free with purchase of single plan. Visit choicehomewarranty.com for more details. In Florida, more children are coming down with measles after the state's Surgeon General deferred to parents or guardians to decide whether to send their unvaccinated children to school during an outbreak of the highly contagious disease. In a press conference Tuesday, Democratic Florida Congresswoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz says parents should instead look to the advice of the CDC when it comes to protecting their children. Vaccination is our best defense against one of Earth's most contagious pathogens. And when the non-immunized person is exposed to the virus, staying home for 21 days is our next best defense to prevent further spread. South Carolina Republican Senator Tim Scott has been floated as a possible running mate for former President Donald Trump if he clinches the GOP nomination. Scott criticizing current Vice President Kamala Harris while speaking on Fox News. Borders are Harris. 
Some clouds start in the morning, some 60s to the upper 70s to near 80. Sunny and breezy. Overcast tonight, more clouds coming in tomorrow. There's an approaching front, no rain with it. But behind it during the afternoon, the wind shift to near 80. Breezy and late afternoon and evening, lower humidity turning cooler. Headed to upper 40s, low 50s Thursday morning. Mostly lasting clouds, but dry Thursday. The afternoon, a cool low 60s. Ralph Sanjay, WGSO. Sleepers, stay cabs, dump and service trucks, flatbeds, buses, trailers, boats, RVs, farm tractors, pickups, autos, and more. The two-day spring public auction, accepting your consignments, too, at Henderson Auctions in Livingston, Louisiana. Thursday, March 14th, Friday, March 15th, 9 a.m. Preview Wednesday, March 13th, 9 to 4. Register now at HendersonAuctions.com. Business license number AB-459. Tom likes to say the second course. I'm Marianne Fitzmorris, and I would love to talk food with you. But first, I'm going to talk about meats, force meats, one of my favorite words with Trey Hurdy. He owns a cute little place called Trey's Boudin on the North Shore in Covington on Highway 59 across from Washington. What is it? Washington elect? No, WST. I don't know what. Wash. What is it? Do you know? Washington, St. Tammany, I guess. Anyway, hi, Trey. Hey, how are you? So tell me about yourself, which is what we usually do when we talk to someone. We get their background. I know that you grew up interested in food. Did you, because you said your dad was really into Tom's show. Were you one of those kids that would ride around while he was listening to the show and and you were uh, introduced that way? Yeah, I mean, Dad would always have it uh, playing in the car. Um, so yeah. Dad was kind of a foodie, and my mom was, was the cook in the family. Okay. Um, she grew up in Arnaville, Louisiana, so we grew up eating Cajun. She she grew up where? It's Arnaville, Louisiana. It's right outside Burbridge. Okay, all right. So uh, she was a good cook. That was what made Tom become a restaurant critic. He was obsessed with food, having eaten his mom's delicious food. So Cajun food was kind of the go-to in your house. Correct. And I believe that you were, uh, one of our callers told me that you were the chef at Brown Butter. Were you always in the food industry? Um, for the most part, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I've, my first major in college was English, and I kind of dabbled around, but it was like the whole time I was in college, I was working in restaurants. Uh-huh. So yeah, I mean, I definitely had an interest in it from an early age. And then um, after I graduated from UNO, I decided to go to culinary school. And yes, I was the executive chef at Brown Butter for a while. And then um, I grew up in St. Bernard. And so I worked at, um, I worked at restaurant August for a while. Mm -hmm. Arnaud's restaurant, the French Quarter. I moved to Chicago for a couple of years. Uh So So you were in the kitchen at all these places? Yes, ma'am. Okay. And so you went to culinary school down here or someplace else? I actually started my first culinary class was about three days before Hurricane Katrina. My first culinary school was Nunez. <laughs> and then, you know, obviously that kind of 
ruined that. Uh-huh. And then uh-huh. once we were allowed to come back into the city, um, Nunez wasn't up and running yet, but Delgado was. So I enrolled in Delgado, and um, uh-huh. Delgado was a was a great, really, really great experience for me. Uh huh. Okay, so um, well, I, I know that Delgado has a very good reputation. I've always said that it's not essential to even go to culinary school. I mean, I, you know, for for millennial, millennial, uh, millennia, that's what I mean. For millennia, people have apprenticed whatever it is they wound up doing. And uh, now we're big into, Uh, yeah. yeah. For me, it was more, uh, you know, mom and dad wanted me to go to college. And mm-hmm. so that was sort of the the middle ground. It was like, okay, I want to cook, but I'll go to college and get the degree. But yeah, but like I said, Delgado was a really really good program. Um, yeah, and I already had all of my core classes from UNO, so so it was easy for me. I was working at Arnold's at the time. Uh-huh. Uh, Chef Tommy up there, who was also a Delgado graduate, was very. I didn't very, know uh, that. Really? Yes, I didn't ma'am. know that. Yes, ma'am. Okay. And I still, you know, I still talk to Chef Tommy to this day. He was my, one of my first mentors, and so. So it was a cool experience, you know, it was like I would go to school one day a week and then pretty much the rest of the time I was working at one of the oldest restaurants. And yeah, yeah, I would say, I guess, the country. Yeah, I say this and I just said it on the air. I wonder what it is about. And maybe you have a theory about this. I wonder what it is about certain restaurants that even post covid they appear to be unfazed by it. Now, I do think that Arno's did go through a temporary COVID situation, but they have certainly regained their footing, and it's exactly like it was before. And I think that there are a very small minority of restaurants, or there is a very small minority of restaurants, that maintains the same standards. You can expect, you know exactly what you're getting when you get in there, and it is going to go off exactly as you anticipate but that is really a minority i think especially now post-covid do you think yeah i mean covid covid is a difficult uh um, i think covid kind of changed everything it did and not just in the not just in the culinary world i mean everywhere it did yeah absolutely you have have those restaurants like arnold's and galatoire's and all these these classics in new orleans they have to sort of live up to the standards that's been so long you know uh setting in place and, and, you know, Chef Tommy, he's got a, he was a great guy to work for. Um, he's also got a great crew over there. You know, his turnover yes. rate is like, there's still guys in the kitchen that were there when I was there. I know. When I was there. <laughs> and then those guys had already been there for, you know, 20 years or so. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's just one of those things. COVID was a roller coaster, certainly for everybody. Um, yeah, but I think there are certain things that are going on in these places that have, allowed them to ride this wave, or I should call it a red tide, really, of COVID in a way that has them emerge as consistent in a very unpredictable world, I think. And I, yeah, for sure. there's, there's something about it. I think it's, it's management or, I don't know, maybe the pay scale, but whatever it is, some places have maintained great stability throughout all of this. So you were at Brown Butter after stints at some really great A-list places. So when did you arrive at Brown Butter? Were you, were you their original chef? So I actually helped Simon and Dane open the place. Dane, uh, Dane was a good friend of mine uh, from a long time ago. I've been knowing Dane for almost 20 years now. Um, mm-hmm. 
and he kind of called me one night and was like, I'm opening a restaurant. And I didn't know Simon. I knew who Simon was. I didn't know him that well. And um, He's and not so from here, correct? He's not from here. Simon is from Simon's someplace from Houston. else. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. But he's uh, he's been here for a long time now. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, and I, and I got really close with those guys. And, and like I said, I kind of helped them develop the menu at the beginning. And then I left for a while. I was there for about three years, I think. And then I left for a while. My uncle owned a grocery store in Abita Springs called Artigues Abita Market. And that's kind of when I started, you know, making the boudin and all the, the hogshead cheese and the sort of the Cajun meat stuff. And then, uh, you know, I was there for a while and it was really doing well. And then Brown Butter, you know, the guys called me back and they were like, we could use help with an executive chef. So I wound up going back um, as executive chef for, I don't know, two and a half, three years. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then after, you know, our building that we were leasing got bought. Um, and so once that closed, we kind of like, we made the decision. I was like, all right, let's, let's try this, uh, this specialty meat place out again. And I had two buddies that owned, um, Batso's, or they still own Batso's seafood in Mandeville. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I got to talking to them and they were like, well, we got a spot for rent right next door. And, and here we are now, you know, mm-hmm. and so far things have been going very well. Well, uh, so the, the brown butter closing was when? May of last year. Oh, I didn't realize it was that recent. All right. And so that was a, what, the landlord raised the rent or something, and you guys just decided done? You know, I don't, I don't know the exact details. I know it was something along the lines of there, someone made an offer to buy the spot uh-huh. that we were in. We, were, uh-huh. we didn't have uh-huh. a sort of contract, and, uh-huh. um, and the money that they were going to ask was just, it was totally right. unfeasible. Um, right, yeah. But, as a owner, I know he did everything that he could to try and get us to. It was just any it's offer he was. It's a common tale. A common tale. All right, we're going to take a break. We are talking to Trey Hurdy. I did not know you were the Artigues guy, so we're going to talk about that when we come back with more of the food show after this. Crescent City Steakhouse has been a favorite since the first time I discovered it on Mardi Gras Day. This old fashioned steakhouse hasn't changed much since it opened in 1934. I love the steaks. Here is prime beef, dry-aged in-house, a great T-bone or porterhouse steak. The Vojkovic family has welcomed generations of locals to this special place, and they'd love to welcome you. Crescent City Steakhouse, 1001 North Broad, 821-3271. Mandeville Seafood has been a local favorite, serving their house-made roast beef poor boys, seafood poor boys, and even a French fry poor boy in a fast, casual environment. Here is an extensive menu of salads and sandwiches and fried seafood, baskets and platters, as well as sides like stuffed artichokes, meat pies, and jalapeno cheese bites. And we love the very attentive service here at Mandeville Seafood Restaurant and Market, celebrating 25 years. I'll take Manhattan, the Bronx, and Staten Island, too. Trey Hurdy who is a North Shore guy. And, uh, you know, when Tom, when we took over for Tom, it was about the same time. It was like a year before COVID. And our Mm -hmm. daughter was uh, kind of doing the electronic part of the business because I'm not real good at that. And so she was very involved in... Uh, 
you know, the Instagram thing because she's a millennial. And she said, you know, there's this guy over at Artigues in that little space there that is really doing some cool stuff. I think you were posting on Instagram at that time, right? Yeah, I went very heavy on uh, on the social media. Yeah, yeah. So she was all about what you were doing. And I think I went over there a couple of times. <clears> and... Um, and I will be happy to tell her that you have landed because we were wondering. You don't do anything with them at, at all anymore, right? Is that space open? Are they? What are they doing oh, no. there? My, it's still there. My uncle still owns it. Um, oh, and we okay. stay close. So my, uh, we, we're toying with ideas of me getting like products over there because we are so close. Yeah. And, yeah. And, um, and actually, it's funny. I live in a beta spring, so I live walking distance to the store. So. Uh-huh. Um, so okay. it's cool, you know, it's, it's like a sort of family affair. But yeah. no, our kids are still alive and well. Um, we just, you know, for us, it was it was time for me to sort of have my own thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. And so, so here we are. So why, the? I mean, brown butter was a, um, how would you describe brown butter? I, I would say there were elements of really kind of gourmet stuff going on there, but it was also kind of hip. And how would you describe what was going on at Brown Butter? It's a really good question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I feel like at the end of the day, we were a burger restaurant. We were really known for our burgers. But, you know, um, Simon did a really good job of, of letting us in the kitchen have, like, creative freedom. So it was like even though we were known for our burgers, Someone who went there looking for something maybe uh, a little bit more special or creative, they could yeah. find that just easily. Yes. They could find a great burger, and yeah. and just like I was talking about Tommy and Arnold, we had a phenomenal crew at Brown Butter in the kitchen. I think uh-huh. when I came back on, there was four cooks, uh-huh. and they were all still there by the time I left or by the time we closed. So yeah. you know, it was a really solid crew, um, great management. And, uh, and like I said, there was a lot of creative freedom, so we could, yeah. you know, we could run specials. If, if a special went over well, then, you know, it was like, okay, let's put this on the menu. Yeah, it was good stuff. stuff. Definitely good stuff. I loved the, what was it, cavatappi mac and cheese? Was it, was that yeah, what you used? Oh, uh, the, the crab meat mac and cheese with no, the pimento? No, the, 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 the pasta shape, I think it was cavatappi, wasn't it? Or cavatappi? Oh, it's uh, Yeah, okay, it was, it was really delicious i loved the creaminess of the mac and cheese i'm a i'm a mac and cheese fanatic tom has always made fun of mac and cheese as being kid uh kid food but it's everywhere on everyone's menu so i guess there's a lot of kids out there who want it who are who are well beyond kid age you know whether they want to admit it or not yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it's it's delicious what's not to love pasta cheese cream right. you know so anyway um the the way that you approach this, though, is definitely next level, I would say. And I wonder why you went to smoked meats. Was that because that's what you were doing at Artigues? Or, like, how did you land in this particular space on the culinary scene? Um, you know, I have, I guess, working at Brown Butter and working and getting so close with Simon, I developed a fascination with Texas barbecue. Ah, uh-huh. and, okay. and I grew, like I said, my mom was from Arnaville, so that was a regular thing for us to go up to, you know, Lafayette and the country. I still have family up there, and we would always come back with stuff that you could only get up there, like boudin, uh-huh. uh, yeah. really good hogshead cheese, andouille, and stuff like that. And so when I first started at Artigues, 
it was like, why can't we do this stuff? And I was like, well, you know, I, I can mess around with it. And so we, we developed these recipes, and, um, and they, they worked really well. And so I guess my goal with T-Rays is it's like it's not just that stuff, you know. That's, that's kind of what we're known for right now. Uh-huh. But there's a lot more going on here than just the smoke stuff. Um, and then people are going to start seeing a lot more of that. We, we have a grab-and-go section that's full uh-huh. of, um, you know, entrees and sides that people can take home. Uh-huh. Uh, we're working on putting out a, a full-service catering menu pretty soon. And then you're going to start seeing a lot more, like, Italian-style charcuterie, too, salamis, okay. cured meats, and stuff like that also. So you are like, all in. You are all in. It's a little place. How are you How are you managing the little space? I mean, you put out a lot of stuff and a lot of different things in a small space like that. Well, I got a lot of help, you know. Um, uh-huh. Actually, my girlfriend's here helping me today. My sister uh-huh. uh, and her, my nephew, have been huge. I mean, my sister's whole... She's got triplets in the whole family. Okay. Yeah, and there's a big community, you know, out from Artigues was such a, um, we made such a name for it at, at Artigues. So when I came out here, it was kind of like I already had a built-in client. Yeah, so, great, great. I, I can um, see that. Yeah. And like I said, there's, it's not just me back here. There's a lot of people helping out, and, and I got a lot of support. And yeah. And we don't, we don't limit ourselves to being like, okay, this is the only things we're going to do here. It's kind of like, and I tell all of my regular customers, I'm like, if you're craving something or, if, you know, uh-huh. if you got someone at home that's craving something, or I'm always open to ideas and I love trying new things. So, uh-huh. Do you uh, anticipate uh, moving into like a full service restaurant at some point? Is that, a, is that a goal? Is that something you've thought about or is it just one step at a time and that's kind of too many steps away? I mean, away? right now it's going to be one step at a time. Yeah, um, okay. Mm-hmm. As far as the restaurant goes, I don't know about that, but uh-huh. I don't think it would be possible to see us. Um, either expand this place or open more locations, yeah. depending on things. But right now, you know, we're, we're playing it small. Um, yeah. We are. I did want to, I, I was listening to it um, before we got on, that you think the hogshead cheese is a little hot. We have been getting a lot of people asking us for a mild one, so Maya and I are actually working on that today. Oh, um, Okay. Well, it's right so like at my said, threshold. I like it. I like it. But Tom was, I think Tom was crying. <laughs> was, yeah, well, was, I hate that Tom cried. But, it was pretty um, yeah, intense. So yeah. We do have a mild version of Hogshead and Boudin. Mm-hmm. Mild Boudin is actually ready for people to buy okay. now. Okay. Now, here's so, what yeah. I really need to ask you, because I've been craving cracklins. Do you ever do cracklins? No, but not yet, but it is on the agenda. It is okay, because you know, um, um, like like two two or three weeks, we should have cracklings. Oh, great, great! Because now, now I bought some cracklings over the weekend. I'm not going to say where, but I didn't like them at all. I I didn't like them so much that I wanted to return them, except I didn't feel like bothering to go back. But cracklings are right. not cheap. They're not cheap at all. And these it's were very- mostly. Hmm? I was, I was just going to say, it, it, there's a lot of work involved in it. The people, people like on the surface, it just people assume that it's just yeah. a fried piece of fat, but it's not. Uh-huh. There's a lot of steps to it. you uh-huh. got to have space to put. Uh, depending on where you're doing it, it can uh-huh. be very dangerous. You know, so it's, uh-huh. there's a lot that goes into it. Well, that I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, I, I, I know that they are expensive, generally speaking, so I am assuming that what you just said is correct, and I, you know, had assumed that already, but... Cracklins have to be fresh. If they sit, they're not good. 
So Correct. the ones that I bought over the weekend had been sitting a while. It was, you know, I don't like when you bite into it and the grease squishes out. It was, you know, not a good thing. And I don't want to have to drive all the way to Lafayette when I have a crackling craving. And I feel like right. if some somebody was doing them in a way that they were fresh, then I would become a regular customer, although I shouldn't. But when you do decide to do them, is it going to be, is it, is it possible? Like, is it, is it something that I'm just imagining to be possible, but isn't where you could just sort of have the pieces, parts ready. And then when someone comes in and wants them, you drop them or is that ridiculous? I don't think it's ridiculous. And I mean, one of the reasons that we, we don't have them on the menu yet is because it's not something I've, I understand the process. It's not something I've done in any sort of uh, large capacity yet. So there's going to be uh -huh. a little bit of a development period. You know, right. a lot of, like I said, I have, it's not just me. So there's going to be me yeah. making batches, testing it, you know, giving mm -hmm. it to people being like, all right, how was it after three days? How was it after four days? Like, Put me on know. that list. <laughs> yeah, you got it. You'll yeah, you'll be the first one on there. But you know, so yeah, I wanna and I'm very picky about, you know, the product that we serve here and so Yeah. Yeah, we're probably gonna start it on, on development and we're just gonna come up with a way that that we're we're happy with that we okay. can sell it at, at a fair price and you know Okay. So yeah, okay. it's definitely in development. Yeah. Have you had the ones at Toops? I think they're incredibly good. You know, I've never been to Toops and Brown Butter was right down the street. Oh, yeah. You should go there. I've been dying to yeah, I heard they're, I heard they're um, pretty ethereal, pretty. Well, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of tubes actually, but I do think their uh, cracklins are pretty, pretty great, and they were hot, yeah. and so, you know, I don't know how you get them to hot, or I don't know if you warm them over. It didn't seem like that. It seemed like they had, you know, just come out of a fryer. How long does it take to do cracklins in a fryer? Well, it depends on, you know, like I was telling you, it's it's a process of things. It's not as simple as just, like, dropping something in a fryer. So I think uh, the amount of time that it spends in the fryer is going to depend on the processes that you took before. So, like, how long did you cook the pork bellies or the skins before? What mm -hmm. did you cook them in? Did you steam them? Mm -hmm. Did you braise them? You know, stuff ah. like that. Oh, uh, wow. Okay. I would imagine it's not going to take very long in the fryer. Uh, I would guess, okay. like, two to three minutes at the most. Okay, that's what I figured. So no, and so the answer to your question is it impossible to get them dropped like to order? No, I don't think it's impossible. Okay, okay, because that's you know I, I feel like if they're warm they're they're obscenely delicious, and if they're uh, not so warm they're just delicious, and then if they get old they're not delicious at all. They're really annoying. So uh, what else do you have on the menu right now? What's on the list? So right now, like I said, we're working on um, we're working on stuff that's outside of the sort of like people already know that we do boudin and Andouillet and said cheese. So now there's a lot of, and then uh, you know we're, we're sort of in that weird Louisiana limbo in the seasons where it's like it's cold, it's cool, it's warm. Right. Yeah. Right. It's all over. So you're gonna start seeing a lot more salads, um, some grab and go options, less less emphasis on the gumbos and the soups and stuff like that, and more like maybe pastas. Oh. Um, I would expect to see a lot more emphasis on seafood with it being Lent right now. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people just assume because we're kind of a smoked meat shop that we don't do seafood, but we actually do a fair amount of seafood. Uh -huh. uh, 
and yeah, stuff like that. You know, uh, Maya and I, we like to go to the farmers markets and just get kind of inspired. And we're like, hey, let's try and make this and see see how it goes. Uh-huh. And I, I work with a few small local farmers out here, um, Covey Rise Farms, which is in Hustle, Louisiana. Uh-huh. I get a lot of products from Ross McKnight, who owns Backwater Foie Gras. Um, oh. hmm. and, and, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty regular at the Abita, Covington, and Mandeville Farmers Market. So, mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I, I, I think, just, like, I think what is, you're... I think what you're doing is really interesting because you have this background in the A-list restaurants and, but you're doing this down home kind of humble Cajun repertoire. And, uh, and I think it, it's going to be kind of interesting to watch how those two things merge as time goes on. How long have you been open? Uh, We've been open for a little over a month now. Oh, that's it. Okay, gosh. Yeah, I mean, we started we started leasing the building, and um, we uh-huh. kind of like opened very, very quietly. It was like the people that uh-huh. knew that we were here, they would shop here. But as far as like, okay, you know, my my sister, <clears throat> like you were saying, your daughter uh, kind of took over the Instagram for you. It got to yeah. be too much for me. So my sister handles most yeah. of my social media now. Uh-huh. Um, she can do in thirty seconds what it would take me an hour and a half to do. I mean, it's crazy, and um, <laughs> and that way I can focus on you know. We always yeah. joke. I can focus on the part that I'm good at, and, and exactly, exactly. Um, the problem it's it becomes sort of addictive, and I I saw. I'll tell you what drew, drew me. We've got about thirty seconds, and then if you can, if you can hang on for a minute or two, I want to get real specific about where you are and all that. But I, I do have a couple yeah. more questions. Can you hold for a, a little bit through the news? Of course. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, the Instagram thing is what got me over there because like I said, I'm a hogshead cheese fanatic and I Mm -hmm. I saw that really chunky hogshead cheese and I thought, oh gosh, if that's as good as it looks, I got to go see about it. And it was indeed as good as it looks. All right. We are talking to Trey Hurdy from T-Ray's Boudin in Covington. We'll be back after this. Louisiana Radio Network. I'm Colleen Crane. Grambling State University has chosen Dr. Mark Lamell to serve as its 11th president. Lamell is a 2006 graduate and served as the executive vice president and chief financial officer at GSU from 2016 to 2021. He says the appointment is a lifelong dream come true. It's the realization of a dream and it speaks to the possibility of an HBCU education, and I'm so excited to serve. In 2023, the national first-time pass rate for the national licensure examination for registered nurses was 79%, and LSU Alexandria just had 100% of their 40 recent grads pass the NCLEX on their first attempt. Director of LSU A School of Nursing, Sarita James, says most of their students are working parents or individuals working on a second career. We had a 50-year-old that graduated with this class, and he took his exam and passed, and he's out now working in the workforce. So it's very doable. LRN. Tax Talk with Straight Talk. You give and you give. This tax season you get with Straight Talk Wireless. You get a reliable 5G network and unlimited data and a new Samsung Galaxy A15 for just $99. So you can give your janky phone to your kid. Good talk. Switch to Straight Talk for plans starting as low as $25 a line per month for four lines. Find us at Walmart and StraightTalk.com. For network management practices, visit StraightTalk.com. Device offer ends 41424. In-store activation on single silver unlimited plan or higher required. Family plan discount with four lines all on the silver unlimited plan. Taxes and fees apply. Hey, Louisiana. How are you stopping litter? 
In Terrebonne Parish, we put our trash in a bag and never out the car window. In Bienville, we bag it, tie it, and put a lid on it. We keep litter out of our lakes in Lafayette. And in Calcasieu Parish, we keep our roads clean by clearing out our truck beds and securing our loads. We need every person in every parish to stop littering and keep Louisiana beautiful. For more litter prevention tips, visit LetLouisianaShine.org. Sponsored by the Louisiana Lieutenant Governor's Office and Keep Louisiana Beautiful. I'm Ed Horan, author of The Kindness Revolution. Today we're diving into the concept of what's called lanyap. Lanyap, pronounced as lanyap, is a Creole term that means an extra or unexpected gift. It's a token of goodwill given by a store owner to a customer or a little something extra thrown in for good measure. In Southern culture, lanyap is all about generosity and going the extra mile. It embodies the spirit of hospitality and community. So next time you're in the South, don't be surprised if you receive a little lanyap with your purchase. It adds a special touch to everyday interactions. And why not take a second this week and ask ourselves how cool it would be to offer lanyap to everyone, customers, friends, family, a little extra. From saying my pleasure after a purchase to giving a warm cookie when you check into a hotel, the power of Lanyap is all around us. The solar eclipse is coming in April, and you're going to be hearing a lot about it as it gets closer. You'll also be hearing about how important it'll be to have your solar eclipse glasses for your family and friends. Why not buy them from the store that promotes kindness? Simply go to shop-kindness.com and buy yours today. That's shop-kindness.com. By the way, our listeners get a 20% discount on all items, so head to shop-kindness.com and enjoy the eclipse safely with your family and friends. Remember, shop-kindness.com. I get misty just holding your hand. Alrighty, we are back with Trey, uh, Trey Hurdy. He is the owner of a little place in Covington called T-Ray's Boudin, and we had a couple of calls uh, for you to explain exactly where you are. So I am, uh, actually it's funny, I have the address pulled out right now. I'm right next to, it's a, it's a landmark, well I consider a landmark, Bateau Seafood, mm-hmm. which is on Highway 59 in Mandeville. The address is 69282, and um, right. it's a big blue building. Other than that, I feel like there's not too many landmarks around us. Well, the Washington St. Tammany right across the street is uh, where a lot of people would know, you know, is Yeah, there. it's actually, and I say that, it's actually pretty close to Coop Drive, which is pretty, that's where all, like, the, um, the parish and government buildings are. Uh, I wouldn't say it's all that close. It's right before the S-curve if you're heading south and right north of the S-curve if you're heading north. Right. I would say. It's where the peanut guy sells his boiled peanuts. (laughs) Yeah. Right across the little creek from there. Anyway, it is worth uh, finding because uh, it's really good stuff, definitely. I uh, wonder how you came up with that kind of chunky... Hogshead cheese. I mean, it's exceptionally chunky. I would call it a modern version of hogshead cheese because I don't know why I say that. Just because I have eaten hogshead cheese my whole life and it's I've never seen it that chunky. I love that it's that chunky. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't know. Um, it was kind of like the first one. It was the first test batch we ever made and it kind of came out like that. 
And they were like, everyone was like, how'd you get it like that? And I was like, I don't know. I just didn't like mix it too much. I just mixed it so enough that I could, you know, mm-hmm. felt like I could sort of cut it. And then it just kind of stuck. And, and no, I mean, I haven't really seen anywhere else to do it like that. No. No, it was arresting when I saw it on Instagram. I am not on Instagram as much as I used to be, but I, uh, we do go on there for various reasons. And, um, and I was kind of flipping through, mainly looking for things to put in our newsletter. And I saw that and I went, oh, wherever that is, I got to go get some of that. And I'm, I'm glad I did. And I thought I recognized you when I went in there because my daughter had sent me to go to Artigue's during mm-hmm. COVID and um, and I didn't know anything else about you, but we just had a caller that mentioned that you were the head chef at, uh, at Brown Butter. So I figured that yeah, you had an I mean, interesting story. Go ahead. What? I get the, I get the Artigues thing a lot. My sister and I were joking that I should get a shirt that says that Artigues guy. So yeah. People, <laughs> uh, they'll come in and be like, are you the guy from Artigues? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so if a person wanted to look you up online, because I had a little trouble doing that, how should they do that? So that's one of the things my sister's been working on, and it looks like it's starting to work where people can like actually type in T-Rays and it'll show up on maps and things okay. like that. But um, okay. honestly, the best way right now and, and the most way to kind of stay in touch with what we're doing would be through Facebook or, uh, or Instagram. Do you have plans to do a website? Yes, I do. Okay. All right. Get your sister working on that because that would be extremely helpful. People could look at your... I mean, I don't do Facebook, so I guess you have all that on Facebook. Uh, I just, you know, I'm not the most um, electronically adept person, so... uh, Neither am I. Yeah, so a website is... I can do websites, and so uh, that's how... I mean, I just essentially noticed it when I was going down 59, and that's how I found you. But um, I, I heard about you or read about you on Instagram and with that picture of the hogshead cheese. So I'm glad I did well, find I'm you. Yeah, I'm certainly glad you found me. Look, uh, I, I want you to post when you have those cracklins done because I'm going to be one of your first customers in there. So, um, well, I'll send you forward. an email or text message and you'll get the first batch. How's that sound? Looking forward to the cracklins for sure. All right. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, <clears throat> we will we'll be keeping abreast of what you're up to. Please keep us abreast of what you're up to because I, I want to uh, – I mean, it, it's – we don't have a lot of that kind of thing where you can just walk in and buy that sort of stuff. And yeah. it's good that you're there. I think it's a good little niche market. So, and obviously you're doing very well with it. Anyway, congratulations. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Trey Hurdy. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, it Take was care. an honor. Uh, it really <laughs> was. I give my best to Tom. I'm so glad that I'll bring Tom over the next time I come. We'll do the cracklins together. All right. Take care. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. All right. Good talking to you guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. So that's a little tiny space with some really yummy stuff in there. And uh, I look forward to the milder version of the hogshead cheese. I think if I had an option for a milder version, I would go with that. Because, like, if, if I'm finished eating it and I've eaten an obscene amount, it's not something I could give to the dog, you know, who would love it except... I just would worry about him because it's it's really spicy. Edible Dictionary Word, porcini. Porcini is the Italian name for bolitus, exulus, 
one of the world's most prized wild mushrooms. It's the same one called sep or seps in France. Bolete mushrooms, as they are genetically known, are exceptionally meaty in texture. They have stout stems, especially at the bottoms. Their tops look like hamburger buns. Their undersides, instead of bearing gills for spore release, are a light-colored, sometimes bright yellow mass pierced with thousands of pinprick-sized pores. Porcini are particularly loved by Italian chefs who use them for everything from risottos to ravioli to a garnish on meat dishes. They're most often distributed in dried form, but the fresh ones sometimes appear. They're not cheap, but worth their premium. Tom was beyond excited to notice that we have bolete mushrooms growing wild here at the Coolwater Ranch. And there was a period where he started foraging for them. But he had this little thing in the back of his brain because he has not been properly trained in foraging. And that can be a problem. And he felt pretty confident about this batch of bolites that he brought into the house. And he was going to cook them. And... He did cook them, and I said, I will let you eat them first, and if you make it six hours or so, I will come behind you and eat it too. And he did, and I did, and they were delicious, and those are exceptionally good mushrooms. We also, I believe, in this neck of the woods have chanterelles, although I'm not as big a fan of those. Uh, I haven't seen the bolites in many years here. I don't know what brings them to the fore. I don't know where they go in the meantime, why they don't reappear. But all of this has been something that we have not been able to indulge in in many years. And uh, so I think it's unlikely that we'll ever uh, have bolites around here again. But I do like to buy them in the store. And uh, I think they're really a delicious mushroom. 5569696 is the number. In the annals of legendary local chefs Buster Holmes died on this day in 1994. His restaurant was on the corner of Burgundy and Orleans and it was the apotheosis of the New Orleans soul food kitchen. You know, we haven't spoken to Stan in a long time, and he's not been out and about on his soul food sojourn. But I look forward to talking to him when he returns, and hopefully we'll be out and about to go and finish his investigation of soul food restaurants. I have a question for you. I have a new soapbox for you to get on. Uh-oh. Oh, well, I don't know, Patty. I've got, you know, this, my, my soapboxes are so well-worn. I don't know if I can do another one. Go ahead. Well, Christian Garrick, you know, he's got the show before you. Yeah. Uh-huh. He asked me to ask you what you thought about this. Wendy's is investigating the possibility of what they call surge yes. pricing. Yes. And I told him that I was sure that that was the soapbox that you were going to get on. 
Well, to be honest, I don't do a lot of fast food, so it's not going to affect me. And I'm not really I, sure I understand. What, I mean, what do you think about what, the concept? So what is it? Is it about when it's really, really busy, the prices change? Right. Is that at what lunch, it is? At lunchtime or when it's raining uh-huh. they are, you know, uh, or particular times of the day whenever the demand is high, they're uh-huh. going to raise they're thinking of raising the prices. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> well, what do you think I think about that, Patty? <laughs> well, I think it's right up there with uh, credit card charges when you go to a restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just, I don't know. I mean, um, all right, we're going to take a break, and I will get ready to get up on my soapbox when we come back with more of the food show after this. When you're awake, the things oh, we don't have anything. you okay. come from the dreams you dream. Oh, well, we'll listen Thought to Tom for a few seconds. Yeah. Lots of things are seldom what they seem. Well, I want to tell you about something that is so much better than anything you will find at Wendy's, which is Chasey Ham. We had just, oh, I didn't even talk about this. This was another thing we ate over the weekend. It's, it was an obscene eating weekend. But we, um, Chisasi ham is a wonderful product for anything that you need ham for. We had finger sandwiches over the weekend. And I was thinking that I could have made them so much better with a pile of Chisasi ham. This, and it was, you know, like when you, when you thinly slice it and you just sort of let it fall in folds. I love that about the way Chisasi has a silky texture. It just really sort of folds beautifully. I love the way it tastes. It is the one and only ham here. Do not even think about any other ham because this one's been around for 115 years locally and it's our own local iconic brand, Chisasi VIP ham. If you don't see it in the store, at the deli, ask for it because they have it and they will slice it for you. If you are looking to do a baked ham, Easter is coming up. Don't even think about anything but the Chasey VIP ham. I have tried that before when we were in D.C. for uh, Thanksgiving. The results of the non chasasi ham uh, was pretty much disastrous. Chasasi ham is the one for your... Uh, baked ham pleasure. They have so many other things, though. You'll have to go to their website, Chisasi Bros, B-R-O-S dot com. It's Chisasi Brothers. They've been around for that long, 115 years. They have accumulated quite a portfolio of things. They have the Chisasi VIP ham, a bone-in ham, a roast beef. They have a full array of sausages and the Schatz chili brand they acquired. All of us grew up loving the Schatz chili as well. ChasaceBros.com. It's our ham, the only one. Chasaci, the VIP ham. So uh, before I get into that soapbox, I'm going to say that we also had some finger sandwiches over the weekend. At uh, I bought finger sandwiches when Tom didn't want to get out of the car. Maybe that was yesterday. I think it might have been yesterday. And I was shocked at how uninteresting they were. I have been noticing this, particularly at Rouse's. I used to like their turkey, ham, roast beef platter of finger sandwiches, which sometimes I just have a craving to sit and eat a ridiculous amount of those. 
and so we did that. But I've noticed over the last, I don't know, two years that they have been slipping in things like egg salad and and not doing the roast beef and replacing that with egg salad, which is definitely a downgrade and an annoying one. But I did have a craving, and that was what we were going to have for lunch yesterday, so we did it. But I found that the, the finger sandwiches themselves were kind of meager and uninteresting. Who was on the phone? Oh, George, he's calling early today. Hello, George. Now, you know why he's calling? Because he knows that it's early enough for me to get on my other soapbox about the credit card charges. <laughs> you can have right, a whole George? stairway of soapbox. I know. <laughs> I know. How many other ones you, do I have? <laughs> hey, Tom and Marianne. Hey. You must be a prophetess. <laughs> you read in my mind. Well, George, I know you've been dying to talk about this, and we have time today. And so yeah. when you heard Patty talking about soapbox, yeah. you went, bing, let me call her about that right now. All right, so what oh, do you have to say about that my, subject? It's been on my mind for a couple of weeks, but I keep uh -huh. calling late, and sometimes uh -huh. I don't get in. But, you know, it's it's like three cents. Well, I told you with my business, yeah, it's, yeah. you know, um, we was pushing it at the beginning, and then uh -huh. when we got the bill... You know, it was like, wow, it's 3%, you know, $5,000, that's $150. And then it was like, okay, we're we, 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 we going to stop pushing that because we prefer really to get paid, you know, with a debit card, with a credit card, because yeah. that's less of work we have to deal with. You know, we got to get a check yeah. and we got to process it. We got to tell right. the bookkeeper, right. the accountant, blah, blah, blah. But then it was like, whoa, we're going to have to get off of that and don't offer that. But if somebody was to come tell us, hey, look, can I pay with a credit card? We're not going to deny it. Yeah. Because I, I, I have to get the business. So getting back to the restaurant, it's like 2 to 2, 2 and a half, whatever, 2 to 3%. That's only like every $10, yeah. you know, that's like 20, 30%. It's, it's so, absurd. Um, it's absurd to yeah, generate when, annoyance in your customers yeah. for that little amount of money. Let me let me tell you, when we first talked about it, when I talked to you about it, I was on the other end. I was like, well, Marianne, that's just the world that we live in. And then I thought about it. It's like 20, 30 cent. You know what I mean? But is it a uh, world that you want to live in? It's not a world I want um, to live in. But, but, but you know, Marianne, you start thinking, right? But, I, but, I'm, but I'm with you now. It's like the restaurants should just kind of eat that up. You know, I hate to say that, but... <laughs> You know what I mean? Some kind They've of been doing it for 40 years, you know? We've been American Express customers for 45 years. That's how long wow. Tom's been paying that, okay? So right, all right, of a right. sudden, you're going to start doing this after you've been doing it for all these years? I mean, you can but do you know, it, but I'm, I, I'm not happy. You know, Go ahead, what? But you know, Marianne, it's like... I start thinking, right? I do cash app now because we, we, we got a bank account with Wells Fargo for the business. And then we got a CSRA. That's Atlanta basis out in Georgia. And we, we, we like the way they do business. We don't like Wells Fargo, but, hey, we stuck there for right now. So we're not stuck there, but it would take so much to just redo, go with another bank. But getting back to the, um, the cash app, right? So... I was like, man, we got to go to Jefferson Credit Union here, and then CSRA, we got to go back and forth, you, you know what I mean, through the phones and all that. And I'm like, forget that. I just go on cash out. I, I, I get money from one bank, and then, I, 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 you know, from one bank to another bank, it's 1.5% 
that's only like a dollar fifty, you know, for a thousand dollars. And I'm like, I'd rather do that than going to the bank personally, going to the bank, or if I go some, yeah, if I go somewhere, it's like ATM. Oh, I got a Georgia uh, bank. Oh, it's gonna uh-huh. be three, four dollars. Exactly. So, you know, I'm getting money exactly. out. Exactly. You know, it's it's it's, it's convenience me. I go to the bank that's nearby by my house. You, you see what I'm saying? So that's the world. That I do see what in. you're saying. But, but when it comes to restaurants, it's so low because they're pushing out, you know, 20, 10, some like Sammy's uh, on the Legion yeah. Field. They got eight ninety nine yeah. or Fibriolas, if I'm not right. Of course. They got under $10. Of course. So it's like 30 cents. So it's like, I'm going to put this out there. Hey, you pay with a credit card. You got to pay this and that and the other. I think it's going to kind of make them look bad. You know what well, I mean? Well, I, I think that it, I think that it is. And I, mm-hmm. I'm curious to see how long this ridiculous trend lasts because I think it is a trend and I think it will go away after you've annoyed enough customers. It's going to come back at you. And someone yeah. said, why should you not do that just for the convenience of your customers? And my answer is mm-hmm. for the convenience of your customers, because a customer yeah. that is inconvenienced is going to stop being a customer. Duh. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. <laughs> now, if it was elsewhere, who cares? But in New Orleans, you got competition. So That's right. Exactly. You better. You better, exactly. you better stand. You better stand in good stand. Yeah. Try exactly. whatever. You don't bring nothing extra to the table. Now, if Correct. you was out in Mississippi, Georgia, whatever, Texas, right. who cares? You know what I mean? Y'all, exactly. you know, you just go. You go from one bad room to another bad room. Mm-hmm. But down here, they got the competition. <laughs> is so tight. It's like, well, I ain't That's gonna it. come here no more. But. I mean, I got hundreds of restaurants to go to. That's they it. got real good food. And thousands, I'm well satisfied. George, thousands. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Can I All say right. something else? Of course. Delgado. That brother, uh, I, I, I enjoy all your interviews. They're very, very Thank interesting. You. And talking about food. And mm-hmm. I love the way that you and Tom, you guys, you guys just got the right questions. But he was talking about Delgado. Now, let me tell you. Back when I was cooking, back in the 80s, line cook, in the 90s, um, I wish I would have went to school because they always, and I saw, they always kind of held that over your head. It's like, you could cook better than a chef, not me, but I'm talking about some other people <laughs> who I knew, uh-huh. you know, personally. They could cook better than a chef. They was teaching the chefs, but because they did not have those papers, you know, instead of you make, this is 30, 40 years ago, instead of you making $20,000, you was making like $4 an hour. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that was the thing. If you don't have no papers, you know uh-huh. that you went to college for this, you know, for, for culinary arts. You was not getting that big pay. So, you know, in, in I don't know if that's true in, anymore, George. I think if that's another that's trend that's that that going. That's how it was back then. Yes, now, right, right. Yeah, so it, it, it might be different. And, and, it is. You know, they, they, they say that you learn, you know, you, you got to be in your field. You know, you, you, that's where you're going to learn or you're going to learn from other people. Now, the guys that I'm talking about, guess who they was learning from? Mamas and grandmothers. That's right. From That's right. Yeah. That's it. That's what they were you know, learning For from. millennia, you have learned from those before you. It's human yep. nature. Children learn from their parents. These are things that are... Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't go to school if you want to go to school. I'm just saying that, right, right. that I don't think it's essential. And I'm always intrigued when I hear no, someone I who doesn't have that that piece of paper because uh, especially yep. when they're mm-hmm. doing really well. Yeah. 
Anyway. Now, I agree because, like, like I was saying, these guys they were teaching the chefs. You know what I mean? Yeah. The guys right. who, That's you know, right. I'm talking That's about right. like I'm talking about like twenty twenty young yeah. young guys, but they just know how to cook. They know how to burn. That's, it. That's right. That's right. Enjoying the show. All right, George. Thank you. Bye bye. All right. All so, right. Patty, back to the surge pricing. I don't. I mean, I just don't have any room for the you know many more <laughs> soapboxes. I don't know. I have I have that one. That's my new one. That's really a big one. Mm-hmm. And and the other one is the you know these are post COVID things. You know, I yeah. will let you, you yeah. can raise the price on me. That's fine because I know you're paying twice as much too. You can. Uh, cut down on the portion and hope that I don't notice. Even if I do notice, I don't care because I understand. But you cannot degrade the quality in addition to the other two because I am not picking up all three of these. And I am certainly not going to do the fourth one. That's that's a bridge too far. So I don't understand this surge pricing. So when, <laughs> when the demand is high, you pay more for it. Guess what's going to happen to the demand very quickly? Oh, yeah. It's gonna, I think it's going to go down very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I just, uh, what can you say? Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, that's what I think of that. Now, what other soapboxes do I have? I don't know how. I don't know. What, what else? Tipping. What else? Tipping. Oh, (laughs) yeah. You go someplace and you are you are buying something like you always did. I'm not even talking about food that's been packaged. I'm talking about an item off a shelf. (laughs) And there's a tip question. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do have a lot of soapboxes, Patty. Come to think of it, I do. Anyway, boy, that is that search pricing though is going to be a fun one to watch. Oh yeah, that it is. is. That I, is I totally going agree to be with that. Fun to watch. You know, they're modeling say. it after Uber uh, and Lyft because you know during uh, holidays and busy uh-huh. times, Uber and Lyft charge more. But there's a big difference in having to get a ride somewhere and going through yeah. a drive-through. You Absolutely. know. Absolutely. Oh, jeez, it's. Oh, what can you say? Oh, man. I, I'm, well, you know I can say a lot, so I'm going to shut up because it's the end of the show. Anyway, <laughs> tomorrow we have the chef who is also named Trey from uh, Josephine Estelle. And I'm looking forward to talking to him. And then on Thursday we have the Cajun Ninja. I promised, I don't know who it was yesterday, I promised that I was going to have Gunter answer the question of why you have to cook chicken differently than duck, which, you know, sort of makes sense. You know, you have to cook certain meats different from other meats, even if it's the same animal. But, um, but I didn't because I knew we had a full show today. So I'm going to see about Gunter on Friday. Um, and, and I am, well, I, I'm, I've got my new obsession, which is the uh, the fish fries. And I I don't know. I didn't notice if there was a tip jar. I know that there wasn't a uh, an extra charge for using your credit card. So anyway, that's it for the show. Nomenu.com. N-O-M-E-N-U.com. That is where you will find Tom's 50 years worth of work. A whole lot of it. He was absolutely dedicated beyond belief, and I feel like he did the work of probably 10 people as I have taken this over 
I go, wow, that was really something. Anyway, uh, all of that is on nomenu.com, N-O-M-E-N-U.com. We had a newsletter that came out last night. They come out twice a month. And you can sign up for it. Front page, top right-hand side of nomenu.com. Patty, remind me that I have my own list that I want to go through from the uh, article in the newsletter about uh, 12 dishes that are not really sacrifices to eat during Lent. Okay. And then, uh, let's see, we have our Instagram, at the New Orleans Menu. We would love for you to follow us there. I would love for you to tell a friend about the show. You never know what new soapbox I'm going to come up with now, next. And there are lots of them to be had, that's for sure. All right, that's it for the show. We will see you at this same time tomorrow. Hope you'll be with us and stay with us throughout. WGSO New Orleans, it's time for the news. USA Network, see you tomorrow, 4 o'clock.